Welcome to Coos's Corner, a platform for passionate, unscripted discussions with my guests to entertain and inspire you. Let's get into this episode. Another episode, and before we start, um, Christian and I were discussing this week about really defining the purpose of this podcast. And from now on, at the beginning of every episode, we're going to read out the purpose of this podcast. We feel that it's going to be beneficial for our listeners to understand from the get-go what we're trying to get out of these discussions, and then also use it as uh, a roadmap for ourselves to keep us um, focusing on what we want to get out of these conversations. So here it goes. We, uh, we took about half an hour to 45 minutes to write this purpose. At first, I, uh, I said it was going to take only five minutes, but I was completely wrong. We, we went over every single word, and we think we've got it down. Um, who knows? Maybe it will uh, morph into something else later on, but so far, this is what we got. The purpose of this podcast is to bring a deeper meaning to the lives of ourselves and others. We'll do this by expressing our ideas, leading to discovery of their strengths and weaknesses through discussion. This feedback will highlight direction in our self-improvement journeys and hopefully in yours as well. So with that, I'll hand it over to Christian, um, just with the opening thought for this episode. Love it. That was awesome, Marcus. Got me, got me hyped. Um, <laughs> so we, we've decided to try and come up with a bit of a blurb to start off each each episode which is essentially a bit of a the guiding idea that we'll try to revolve around and discuss in some way shape or form so uh to kick it off now i'll i'll start with our main idea for the day so recently i've come to a conclusion and I'd like to say, I'm not sure how right or wrong this conclusion is, but like we said, that's the purpose of this, this podcast today. So recently I've come to the conclusion of how much greater my own potential lies than I previously thought. And I believe this to be true for most people as well, that their potential is greater than they believe. And this idea came from the thought that we all carry limiting beliefs about ourselves in the world, leading us to accept a set narrative or reality, which is often handed down to us by our parents, societies, and our past experiences. However, as I see it, to a large degree, it is the beliefs themselves which are creating these perceived limitations of our realities. And by changing the beliefs, we can create, at minimum, the potential to influence and change our realities for the better. So change our day-to-day -day lives for the better, I think by changing what we believe to be true about what we are able to achieve. I've got some examples as well of some limiting beliefs that I think I've had in the past that I'm happy to discuss later on. However, I think it's, I think in part why this line of thinking is not adopted by more people is in part because it's not made obvious but also because it means that we have the capacity to change and shape our own realities. And it means that the outcomes of our lives are completely our own responsibilities. And I think it can be scary to think this way, especially when we are in a negative circumstance or born into a bad situation 
of which there are too many in the world. And because our lives are our own responsibilities, it also means that we have no excuses, which makes it even harder when we're in a bad situation. I believe this is truer the older you become. And because you are the only person that can really change the negative reality that you are in, the onus is totally on you to change your limiting beliefs. And that's why I think it's important to do so. And uh, I guess that's kind of what we'll try and do with this conversation today. Marcus, off to you. So I think a good place to start is what are limiting beliefs? Um, you and I talk about definitions a lot and so that we're both on the same page and also have a concrete idea of what we're talking about. So after what you just said, um, I would say my initial thought, what is limiting beliefs? They're beliefs that, that hold us back from full commitment. Um, that's my initial thought. What are you thinking? Interesting. I think it's interesting that you use the word commitment. So like fully committing to pursuing something, I, I guess. Is that what you're getting at? I just think that, I don't know which word you want to use, whether it's belief or commitment. I don't know what the complete difference is. I know that they're similar, but they're not the exact same. Belief and commitment? Yeah. I feel like belief is the thinking and then committing is the action. So mm. that's at least the general thought that I have when I associate those words. That's interesting. So it sounds to me like you're saying like uh, uh, committing is actually acting out your belief. Yes. Or, or, the, or perhaps like the belief that you can do something because there are beliefs that hold you back as well. Right. For sure. So that, which would, like if you believe that you're incapable of, I don't know, running a marathon, then you'll never be able to do it. Then you won't commit. Or yeah, I guess you're committing to that belief by not, and you'll never do one, right? Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a process, right? The first step is the belief, and then the second step is the commitment. Whether you're moving in a direction of positive belief or, or negative belief, commitment usually comes afterwards. Mm-hmm committing to one of the decisions you're committing to either that that um that i guess direction yeah this direction okay so i got so in terms of defining what a limiting belief is could you reiterate what it is that you think that definition like what what makes a limiting belief because i feel like you address the commitment parts of it right yeah could you just tie that together somehow? Or, yeah, so or I kind of skipped a step there. there. Yeah. I, I kind of skipped a step there. Um, I would say it's got to do with doubt. It's got to do with, um, with honesty. Um, Interesting. I like that. I like that. Honesty. I think it's, it's got to, because like, it's got to have something to do with reality. Yes. Wait, a part of it. It's not the main part of part of it, because with limiting beliefs, you're essentially closing the box, right? You're setting barriers for yourself. Yeah, you're setting limits, which those limits may or may not be your reality. Yes, the time they are not. That's pretty general. I could be completely wrong with that. I like that. 
I, yeah. I just find with, with a lot of decisions in my life and the decisions that I see in other people's lives, they are settling because of limited beliefs. Mm. And they're not, like you said, reaching their, their greatest potential mm -hmm. or coming close to that potential. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So I think I'll just to try and uh, like summarize or surmise what you, what you, what I'm receiving from what you're telling me. Yeah. So there are two things that have to do with limiting beliefs in one way or another, and maybe we can get into that later, but one of them is doubt and one of them is honesty. I think in relating more to the honesty side of things, our limiting beliefs are grounded in the rea our like perceived reality. So we believe things to be a certain way. And then by accepting them and not challenging them, we sort of allow that reality to become more and more real um, by actually acting, acting that way as well. So like, it's this kind of abstract what we're talking about to make it a little bit more real. It's like, for example, um, I guess to go back to the marathon idea, it's like if you don't believe that you're the type of person who has the athletic ability to run a marathon, then you're, there's a chance that you won't train for it and you won't keep your body and mind physically active enough to do it and then slowly over time you know 10 years 15 years later you're really far away from achieving that because you allowed your you know like your physical body to i guess you could say deteriorate because you never thought you had a chance in the first place I think one thing that you brought up there that was really key was perceived reality mm. and limiting beliefs blur your judgment to put you in the direction of your perceived reality mm. instead of a potential reality. I'd like to add on to that as well, because I think that's a great point. And the, coming from a bit of a different angle here, but I think it's relevant. I think when other people, I want to be careful saying this, but whatever, at the same time, fuck it. I think that other people, if they don't, uh, if they allow their limiting beliefs to take root, and hold them back for most of their lives, then if they see others, others surpassing those limiting beliefs that they held about themselves, it could cause like a pang of jealousy, discomfort, and frustration. And so I think others are quick to impose their limiting beliefs on each other. Because if they see someone else surpassing them, then it means that they can as well. And if they haven't, then it's frustrating. For sure. And you touch upon where do these limiting beliefs uh... mm -hmm from which we can get into in a little bit yes and let's just finish off this little mini discussion yeah now that we've had a little back and forth what would your definition be that was really well done well done uh so the definition that i'd written down when i asked myself that question was a belief which holds you back from living up to a greater potential. And when I say greater potential for something to be like a potential, it means it could actually happen. So you're holding yourself back from like living a reality that would be better for you or that you would enjoy more or that overall um, than you are right now. So something that is, like you said, putting yourself in a bit of a box of, of your potential. I think that sums it up pretty well. I, I don't think I have much more to add to that.
I'd like to add one thing, actually. I heard my dad mention this the other day. I didn't look, I haven't looked into it, but it, it doesn't really matter. He was telling me about an experiment where they put a bunch of fleas in a jar and then put a lid on the jar. And so the fleas, whenever they tried to jump out, they would hit the top of the jar and fall back down and fall back down. And after a couple of weeks, they took the lid off and then the fleas were only able to jump as high as the jar. They weren't able to jump out of it because they'd become accustomed to only being able to jump that high. So. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of similar to like, that's really good analogy of, of how many people in our society, um, like they, they keep on reaching that ceiling that they think is a ceiling. And then once that ceiling, once now that they have like the skill set or the belief to do it, sorry, this is, I flipped it around. Once they finally have the belief that they can, they might have the skill set to actually execute they might have the skill set but it could be the opposite at minimum that's when they start that's when you start developing the skill set because now you're actually trying to do something whereas before you didn't think you could so perhaps you didn't try yeah but but when you allow yourself that chance to be like oh maybe i can do something then that's when the gears start turning and that's when you start to develop whatever skill set it is but anyways yeah yeah and it takes practice like Exactly. And patience and patience. For sure. For sure. And um, we'll get into that a little bit more uh, yeah. later, but let's, let's transition to where do these limited beliefs come from? Okay. Do you mind if I, uh, if I'll start, if I start us off on this? Cause I kind of touched upon it earlier. Yeah. All right. Um, I, so I think they stem from, like I mentioned, they kind of stem from the societal pressures and norms and standards that, are passed down uh, through generations and, and families. And I think it also stems from fear. And lastly, I think it stems from never having tried really hard at something. And I think that's a common theme in our like Western sort of society today because there's a lot of comfort and complacency and things are made very easy for us. So we, we never really discover our full potential perhaps as kids which I think is why athletic achievement is so important because when you do really like, if you're able to push yourself in athletics and achieve some, you know, some exceptional standard or, or any field really, but I think athletics is good because a lot of people can relate to that. At least I can. Yeah. Athletics is an easy one to relate to because yeah. seeing people like achieve things that, that mm-hmm. done before. And it's so publicly like, out there through media and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you're able to do something for, as a kid in that field, then, you know, you might have the belief in yourself to be able to do that in other areas. Sure. One thing that I was thinking of, where does this stem from? And I think the thinking of closed box, I'm going to call it closed box thinking. Okay. I think that really stems went from the formation of hierarchies and civilizations. Oh, wow. Going way back. So I just read the book Sapiens, and this is why it's fresh in my mind. Nice, nice. It's a good book. You think about it, to maintain order in hierarchies and civilizations, you need things to be predictable. Mm -hmm. So in order to make sure that people are acting predictably, you want to be created some boundaries on how to act ethically, how to act like productively, how to act 
uh, creatively, stuff like that. And so I think it really stems from all the way back then. And we have just been programmed now after thousands of years to continue thinking with that closed box thinking. Um, because let's say we get out of the box, that's when innovation and chaos, uh, all these things, new realities that we have never mm -hmm. experienced that we have to learn from um, occur. And it takes a lot more um, I guess resources, energy for us as a society to manage that, that chaos, that creativity, that outside the box thinking because, yeah. because we've never managed it before, you know, like it's, it's learning. Uh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd add to that and say that I think for a society to be sustainable and successful, it's got to strike the balance between like order and uh, predictability and structure which allows people to be able to wake up every, every single day and be like, Oh, I know I'm going to go to work today and I'm going to get paid and I'm going to see my family and we're not all going to die. You know, <laughs> like that's extremely important. But then at the same time for it not to collapse, it's got to have an element of chaos to it and of creativity. And I think our society is pretty good at doing that, to be honest. Like I, I think like that's, that's the, I think that's the basis of business because businesses are always trying to grow and, and strive to be, you know, bigger and better. I often like to the detriment of our progression, business. essentially. Like, progression. yeah, exactly. you want to make progress to ensure like what you've created is better for like better than what you had before or for the people that are going to come after you. And I, I think I was wrong to say that, um, that closed box thing, like, breaking these boxes have like, I kind of said it in a negative way. And um, that you mean? I just feel like by saying it creates chaos, creativity, that's tough to manage. It is though. That's true. It is. It is true. But the way that I was saying it kind of had like a, you don't want to be managing tough tasks. And um, I think that what you just said now makes it a bit clearer to say that, you need to strike the balance between breaking barriers and, and, and staying within the box, mm -hmm. at least from a societal order and societal, like, uh, mm -hmm. operation and standpoint. So it's interesting because it just makes me think you can't always be breaking barriers. No, no, I, I, I don't think that's sustainable because there is something to be said about having a routine and, and kind of having discipline, which mm -hmm. is a topic that we're going to talk about later. So I think you're kind of juggling lots of balls at the same time with this stuff. But for specific, like when you, that's looking at it from the macro level. You yes, that's extremely the, macro. That's extremely macro. And you can't take it much larger than that. Okay. Do you want to add in something before I finish your thought, finish your thought. I'm saying that's, that's some strategy at the macro level. And do you think that the strategy is the same at the micro level? Like, is it fair to say that, Oh, you need to have some closed box thinking at the individual level. 
was coming into this conversation, I was thinking we would all, the entire conversation, we would be saying, oh yeah, you always should be trying to like set new targets and, and break barriers. Um, but is that actually sustainable on an individual level? Okay. So I think that's a great question. Is it actually sustainable at an individual level to always be bursting through these limiting beliefs and barriers? I'm going to try, you triggered a couple thoughts, which I think are all related to what you've just said to answer this answer. So I'm going to do my best to try and tie it together. If you'll bear with me for a second while I do that. Sure. Okay. So you said that at the beginning, society kind of puts this closed box thinking on us, which gives us the predictability and structure to, you know, wake up each day and live our lives without the fear, without, you know, fear of dying and all that stuff. And at the same time, society's got this innovation and creativity and pushing and breaking boundaries that's going on. And that's, which is, could be described as progression. And I don't think it's, um, and then how does that relate to the individual level? Well, first off, I'd like to say, essentially, I think what we've just described, Marcus, is, is yin and yang, to be honest with you. I remember this is years ago, so I mean, don't get pissed at me, but I heard, I was listening to Jordan Peterson talking about yin and yang and the symbol itself specifically, right? It's got, it's a circle, which is essentially cut in half with black and white on either side and then a dot of each on the opposite sides. And one is chaos. One side represents chaos and one side represents order. In society, like we just said, there's the sort of structure to it, the routine, the rhythm, and then there's the, the chaos, the creative freedom and expression and pushing boundaries and breaking beliefs. And you know that line that separates the yin and yang? That is representative of the balance that's required to be able to essentially live not in too much order and not in too much chaos. You want to strike a balance between the two. And so I think that's what society is constantly attempting to do. So if a society becomes like a dictatorian, a dictatorship, that's, you know, that's too much order. That's not working really. And it's chaotic at the same time, actually. But I think so. That's why I do think there's that same balance represented on the individual level and the societal level. I think on the individual level, there's more variability because everyone's different. Some people can deal with more unknown, more chaos. Some people appreciate more structure, but I think for everyone, it's important to have a balance of both. The difficulty is like, is finding how many limiting beliefs are you comfortable with breaking? And I think that also progresses over time. So you want to start small as an individual. It's like, if you don't think you can get out of bed before nine o'clock and you're in high school and you don't think you can do it, just start with something small like that and then build up over time. And I think those things will uh, compound. For sure. Yeah. So those are my thoughts there. Do you want so just taking it, down to the micro level and to make it even more personal to ourselves. Yeah. And obviously we all have limiting beliefs. Um, where do you think your limiting beliefs stem from? Mm. Not just like society, but like, do you have any specific examples? So I remember when I was a kid, I played a lot of sports. I love playing sports and looking back retrospectively, I don't think I realized this at the time. I loved playing sports, but I wasn't extremely competitive either. I've become much more, I think, competitive now. 
And I think because of that, because of my enjoyment for sports, I participated in lots of different things. And I became, I'd say average at sports pretty quickly, but then I felt I'd never progressed. And so in my mind, I remember this very clearly thinking that I was just very good at becoming average at lots of things, but I wasn't, wasn't exceptional, exceptional at anything. And I, that wasn't a belief, like it wasn't like I was telling myself this every day, you know, it was just underlying to who I was. And I didn't need to think about it all the time because it was just there. And recently climbing in Australia, it was the first, one of the first times other than longboarding where I've really like committed myself, my energy and my time towards it. And I saw an incredible progression that I hadn't experienced really before and an enjoyment and like lots of positive emotions as a result of that. But I think that broke that barrier of that limiting belief that I was just kind of average at everything. And that if I actually invested myself in something, I could expand beyond that. And I think that also incentivized me to try and do that in other areas of my life. Yeah. So what you just said ties in pretty well with what I was thinking earlier. Yeah. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? I asked you to give me examples, specific examples. And I, earlier when we were talking, I took the huge macro level, right? Yeah. Now I'm going to move it to the incredibly micro level. And essentially like, where does this all stem from? It all stems from that voice in your head, right? Mm -hmm. It's all the things that you tell yourself. Yeah. And what is this voice made up of? Generally, it's made up of your teachers, those are like your friends, your family. And your experiences. Your experiences. So there's a bit of yourself, but there's also so many other voices that are making Inputs. that one voice in your head. Yeah. And this is- I wouldn't, Wait, wait. I would say influencing. I wouldn't say making. Okay. Influencing that, that molds that, that voice in your head. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, I heard about from this guy, Jim Lower, uh, in a podcast that you sent to me earlier this week. I want to get into it later because it touches on what we said and what we've mm-hmm. been talking about quite a bit. But just going back to this voice. So that's where these messages are coming from that you then sometimes start to believe. And the one thing that you said that really stuck with me just then was that when you were playing sports and the the feeling of average Mm. often becoming something that was told in your head and became something you thought was just a reality. Yes, you're right. And even think about. So I think that's kind of the transition from when it's a limited belief to a restrictive reality it becomes that box that we believe to be like the limit of our world and i think moving forward when you start having these limiting beliefs when you catch it as that voice in your head it's a lot easier to break that barrier than when you set up those walls in that box that Mm -hmm. walls of reality if you catch it early on essentially exactly i'd like to I'd like to add, I think it's hard to catch early on because a lot of these beliefs 
are ingrained in us when we're young and impressionable and trying to understand the world. Like as a kid, you don't know anything. So you kind of have to learn to accept certain things as reality. Yeah. And it, like you said, it takes practice catching yourself doing that. The other day, like I was thinking about um, a girl. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, like you're not enough for her. There's no way you'd ever like end up with, and I'm like, holy crap. Why am I thinking like that? Dude, you're a stud. Get out of here. Come on. No, but like, <laughs> I know. I'm just I kidding. Caught it. Like I actually caught myself and I was like, why are you talking to yourself that way? Like, yeah. What good is that going to come out of it? Yeah. Going to cut like negative feelings are going to come out of it. And I may not be able to ever experience a potential reality, which is unfortunate. So catching yourself, it's tough. And once you do practicing that, maybe it takes writing down, journaling, which is another thing I want to get into. Yeah. Maybe like there's certain things that you can get into uh, to practice breaking barriers and, and, and not following these limited beliefs. So that kind of moves us into a conversation of tips and tricks on how to break, like, how to yeah. have limited beliefs. And I wrote down a thought here um, last night on this that I think ties into this pretty well. So when we decided to do this podcast on limited beliefs and, and, and setting barriers, I thought of people that we recognize in society as people that have broken barriers. So essentially trailblazers. Yeah. I started thinking about it. And recently in the areas, um, in the sports world, especially something I'm very interested in, there's been quite a few trailblazers in the past few months. So I just thought of their stories. And then I also thought of the US election. So these are the trailblazers that, that I thought of immediately. They happened to all be females. Um, just that's what I thought of first of all. Um, and being like a white male, there's like, there's a different connection to that. Like I can't connect as closely with them. I want to say that straight away before I get into this. Mm. I can't imagine their reality just because ours is. Oh, own. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's even harder for them to be a trailblazer is what you're saying. So good for yeah. them. Yeah, so I'll get into that a little bit. So first of all, Kamala Harris. She's about to become the vice president of the United States, first female vice president in their history. And there's Kim Ng, who became the first female um, general manager in the MLB. There's Becky Hammond, who coached uh, a game for the San Antonio Spurs a couple weeks ago, was the first woman to ever uh, be the head coach of an of a NBA team. Uh, she isn't a full-time coach. She's still an assistant coach, but her Greg Popovich got ejected and she had to take his role. And that was uh, history being made. And then there's a woman named Sarah Fuller, who was the first female to play uh, American football in her um, college conference. So all of these individuals have never seen someone like them achieve what they have done. Mm. How do they envision a reality that has never been done before? At least a reality where someone that looks like them 
is in that position. Surely they can't be the first people that set their sights on what they have achieved. Was it luck? Was it after each attempt, the path of the unknown becomes a little clearer for the next? Was it that they worked harder than anyone else who has attempted what they have achieved? In the end, with any pursuit, whatever external factors occur, nothing can be achieved without the belief that it can be a reality. If these trailblazers didn't think it was possible, they would have given up. They ignored limited beliefs to break through barriers, and there's so much that we can learn from them. Though our own tasks and goals may not be as daunting, our struggle of disbelief can sometimes be just as tough to overcome. While working on our challenges, the results depend on a binary decision. To fully believe in yourself or to act with doubt, little or large. With the elimination of doubt and replacing it with full commitment, you'll have the opportunity to perform your tasks at your greatest potential or at least come close to it. Even with different circumstances, these trailblazers all have the same thing in common, total belief in themselves. Although their pursuits have achieved new societal realities, we can use them as blueprints for breaking barriers in our own individual realities. Dude, very well written. That's a pretty big, uh, big thought that I threw out there, brain vomit. Um, no, dude, good vomit. That was, that was more of a soup, I'd say. You know what I mean? That was a nice soup, not, not necessarily stinky vomit. But anyways, keep going. Thanks. Um, so I brought up some points there. Just would like to hear your feedback on, on what I brought forward there. Um, you gave me a bit of an analogy there. Uh, you, 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 like an image popped up into my mind while you were saying that. And it was connected to with what you mentioned earlier about yourself um, with the negative thoughts that you had that for example with specifically with oh i'll never be good enough for that girl and i think the, the analogy that you triggered there and then developed even further with these women or people who've been told by society that they're even worse off and that they'll never be able to do things not explicitly and implicitly people have been told that for example i'd say a large part of the the black community in the United States has been told a lot for the last hundreds of years, you know what I mean? And so to bring it back to what you've just mentioned uh, with, with this analogy, I think inside each of us is, is a line and that line represents our true potential, our greatness, who we could fully be if we believed in ourselves totally and completely, like you just said, these people do. However, as children and as we're growing up, these lines that we are, are put in a cage because we need to become a part of society. And this cage represents the limiting beliefs. And whenever for a second, like you had that moment when you thought, like obviously before you thought I'd never have a chance with that girl, there was a thought that said, maybe I'd have a chance with that girl. Because otherwise, you're, at least you wanted to, you know what I mean? And then there's a person, you can imagine a person standing or a, a being standing on top of the cage with a, with a pitchfork or a spear. And when the line was like, oh, maybe I can get out. Maybe I can see that girl. <laughs> Got a stab from the pitchfork. And I feel like it's our duty as more privileged individuals. I think, honestly, Marcus, we have fewer pitchforks stabbing us down. There are still pitchforks holding us back, holding like our greater potential back for sure. And it hurts just as much as anyone else's. But I think it's our duty to try and get that line out of the cage 
and then to help others do the same who might have hundreds of people standing on their cage with pitchforks holding them back. And that's the analogy that you made me come up with. You kind of sparked in my mind there. And I think what you wrote was really well, well said and well put um, about really, because it's easy to say you need to have full belief in yourself. Fuck, like those words, it took zero effort for me to say that. But it's hard to actually act like that and, to, and then to believe it. Like you got to believe it before you can really do it. And that's why I think we mentioned, talk, touched on this earlier, but it's important to start small and then you can build up, right? And, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of where you put my head. For sure. And I, I think privilege definitely has a huge effect on those barriers. Um, because a barrier that, that comes so easily for someone like me or you, like, or someone else, can come so hard for someone else. Hmm. Um, but I, I, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I think it's important when, when you talk about these things, be mindful of that. Yeah, I agree. But I don't think at the same time we need to feel bad about our position. Like I mentioned, I think it's, it's rather you know, be grateful for it and then try and help elevate others who aren't here to, or not like who don't have the same privileges to a position where they can start to question what their own limiting beliefs are. And um, I think that brings us a little bit back to partly what triggered this specific part of the discussion, which is what are some tricks and tips to uh, move past limiting beliefs? And I've got some ideas, but I'd like to hear yours first. Uh, just before you go into that, one thing that stood out to me with your analogy there. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or was the aspect of hope mm. and how you have the hope of one thing, but then you have the, it's almost like. It's the voices in our heads that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Sorry, it's, go ahead. It's like that, like, you know, in cartoons, when you see the, the devil and the angel on each shoulder, you know, you, yeah. you have one voice telling you here, like, like hope, the other one telling you that it's not possible. You're worthless. You're a piece of shit. You couldn't do it, right? That voice. Exactly. <laughs> and I think what it takes to, to get to lean more to the angel side, just using that so people can visualize yeah you you have to practice positivity yes in the end like hope is is based off of the hope like positivity question what do you think positivity can broken down into for example gratefulness practicing being grateful i think that's an aspect of positivity for sure. I think the main thing is like in any situation that we tackle in life, there's, there's going to be some good that can come out of it, whether it's tough to see and there could be some, some bad that comes out of it. And that can be tough to see as well. Like you never know, like, they, like you could have like one of your biggest achievements that you have ever, um, that you have ever gone right that could you you think it's a complete positive but then because of that achievement you're getting 
preferential treatment, your ego starts going up. Like, there yeah, can be, there can be something that that comes, some negatives that come with it. So that's just like an example of how like there's positive and negative in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the opposite side, let's say you have a complete failure. The positive is that you you can learn from it. That next time you won't have to experience this extreme pain. Pain, yeah. And so there, I don't know exactly how to practice positivity, but there are resources out there. I've got, yeah. We can get into that now or later, but there are like, it's possible to become a more positive person. Of course. If dude, if it wasn't, the world would be screwed. Look at what's going on. Like there's a lot of negativity around, you know? It's definitely possible to transfer from negative to positive and from positive to negative. I mean, we do that all, I'm sure, on a daily basis all the time. You feel good one minute and you feel like shit the next. And it's Uh, almost like these limited beliefs. Like like we're saying, like, it's shifting. mm -hmm. And I think, like, that voice in our head, when we have hope, like you mentioned earlier, like, oh, maybe I can do that. And then there's that voice that's saying, no, you can't. No, you can't. Like, that voice is acting out of fear, I think. For sure. And also, with that, no, you can't, like you said before, there's been so many times in our life that we've been told, no, you can't, mm-hmm. that sometimes, yes, you can, isn't told us enough. Dude, I, I think as kids, we're, we're always told to dream, and yes, you can, at least at school. Like, that's what, you know, posters around the school, I remember. Shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you land among the stars. I always thought it was really corny. I, but, I actually use that saying. Yeah, it's a good saying, man. It's a good saying. Honest, I, when I was like, anyways, I think that's it, forgotten. It runs I, out. I think it's forgotten, though, as we get it older. It runs out. Like, in the end, okay, yeah, when you're in grade two, they say, oh, what's your dream job? Like, what, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be an astronaut. Oh, amazing. Like, draw a picture of you being an astronaut. And then you get to... When let's say you're in high school in grade 10 and you still want to be an astronaut and you tell a, you tell a teacher, Oh, I want to be an astronaut. And then instead of saying sometimes they don't say, sorry, sometimes they do say, Oh, go for it. And other times they sometimes say, Oh, you realize there's this many hoops that you have to jump through. You have to go over it. Like you'll, you'll have these challenges ahead. Yeah. They, they shape it in a way that's, not i guess likely likely and like that is just so damaging that it runs out like that i think it's it's hard though because it's got to be grounded in reality too you know what i mean like imagine you went to a school and for some reason this elementary school every single grade two wants to become an astronaut at this school and then they all go into high school and all of them want to become an astronaut and then the teacher like it's unlikely that everyone's going to be an astronaut. So, oh, dude. Okay, so I think it's important to, like, recognize these limiting beliefs and then be like, you know what, I can do whatever it is that I actually want. But then you, before you can do that successfully, you've got to know what it is that you want to do. And then you've got to be sure that it's not just 
you wanting to do that out of like insecurity or other things. It's like, no, this is genuinely what I want. Because for example, you know, people who studied to become doctors because they've been told to by their parents their entire lives. And then they get there and like, well, this is shit. You know, it's, there's, I don't know. There's an interest. That comes, that comes back to honesty with yourself. That honesty, we're bringing it back. We're tying it back. I love it. And, and it's like, it's tough to be honest. Um, and obviously like, that example that you you gave, like, let's say there's 20 kids that want to be astronauts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole lot easier when you are able to see someone else from your school who has become an astronaut. Yeah, true, too. You know, like, and I, I think see, like, actually seeing things has so much power because you then experience it in your reality. I think a great example of that power is the four minute mile being broken. Yeah. I, I just want to add in a quick thing there just before I lose this. Part. We look at these, for example, if I wanted to become an NBA player, I watch these guys on a screen that's, that's in my living room. Yeah. It doesn't seem real. Yeah. What? Let's say there was a basketball player at my school who, who made it to the NBA and comes back to the high school every six months to give a talk or whatever. That is in my reality. That, yeah. that life is one step closer to me You're right. than it was when it was on a screen. And I think that there's so much that the physical like being in your life can have an impact on mm -hmm. a lot greater than we we think there is because obviously it's easy to say that it's easy to say that but sometimes we don't realize like how much what's in front of us can can create those limiting beliefs i think that comes back a little bit to the analogy of like releasing your own tiger and then being that if you can bring it yourself to that point being that person for others. So going to schools, um, you know, empowering the youth essentially. Yeah. And what that does as well is it, it makes it a little less unknown. It may not have a huge, huge impact, but there is a little bit of the path that becomes a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of goes back to, the fear of the unknown it it reduces that fear a little bit because 100 vision your direction and path has become a little bit clearer there's a little there's there's a few less branches in the way i think and so there's two sides to this this making your path clear and reducing those limiting beliefs to believing that you can actually achieve one like you just mentioned is and we've touched upon both of these things. One is having those external influences a step closer to you and your life. And then allowing you to realize that, you know, you can move in that direction as well because it's actually there in front of you. The other is breaking down those barriers inside of your own head on your own. So there's the people can help you, but you also need to put in the work. And I think part of that part of breaking your own limiting beliefs is one, I think I touched upon it earlier, like 
getting yourself to try really hard at something, move past failure, find that success. And then if you're able to do that with one thing, then that I think can translate into other things. But also I think meditation is huge in this because from what I understand, meditation allows you to perceive those negative thoughts much more clearly, those negative thoughts that are stabbing you back. And then to realize that they're separate from you and that you can actually push them away. You don't need to accept them into your life as much as you do. So one thing with meditation and journaling and that I think can help with this for people. And it's essentially practicing thoughts for specific situations and making them physical. Interesting. Can you expand on that? I'm curious. So this goes into the podcast, but with Jim lower a little bit Okay. Uh, on the Tim Ferriss show, right? That's the name of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So he was talking well, about, about the voice. Dude, we, should, we should put a link to the, just, we should put a link to the podcast in our, uh, yeah. Or something. Yeah. It'll be in the, in the description of wherever you, you find out about this podcast. Um, so essentially he's a huge advocate for journaling and he was talking about all the powers that it, it can have. And this was my key takeaway was that journaling is really practicing those thoughts. You have that thought, you go over it once in your head, the positive thought, the po- whatever thought. Okay. It should be pot like, as much you should try to like focus on positive ones and because you don't want to practice negative thoughts. yeah that's why i was saying that's why i was uh yeah so i guess yeah you're right the positive yeah. you have the thought then as you're writing it down you're thinking about it again that's twice where you've gone over that thought and it may sound like simple but that second review is critical dude and then when you read it it's a third review Exactly. And you keep on practicing these thoughts. It keeps on coming up and coming up until essentially like you're, it it becomes a bit of a reality because you believe in it so much. A hundred percent. And another thing, another key takeaway that I got from that, unless you want to add on to that thought. I just like to say one thing and I've, I've had this thought a couple times throughout the podcast. This this specifically this one that we've been doing and uh it's a bit of a, like a, shame, a shameless plug in a way, but I wrote that article recently about the spark and the drip, which is essentially like consistency compounding into a big change. And I, I see that happening even with what you just mentioned. It's like you write that down enough, you do that slow, conti- continuous drip, you write it down every day, you see it every day, so you read it every day, you think about it every day. Then eventually there's that tipping point and it, and it grows exponentially. Exactly. So from the Jim Lower podcast, that happens exactly with this one speed skater that he worked with. He's a high performance coach. And Jim Lohr is, right? In what? Jim Lohr is the high performance coach? Yeah, Jim Lohr is a high performance coach. He's worked with a lot of tennis players, a lot of Olympic athletes. And, and that's kind of his thing. He's written some books, uh, which seem pretty interesting. One of his books actually is talking about the managing of energy rather than the managing of time, which I would be really interested to read that we, we'll talk about it later because that that energy first time situation really triggered some interesting thoughts on my end that he talked about but continue okay. and so what the the drift essentially that you're talking about the change that happened with this one speed skater i can't remember his name but he was a big ski, speed skater in the 90s i think it was dan something dan johnson or dan 
gain something. Yeah. Um, and essentially what happened was he got Dan to write down, I love the, the 1,000 meters. Dan Jansen is his name. I just searched it up. Um, Dan Jansen. Dan Jansen. <laughs> he was one of the top speed skaters in the world. And in the finals of the Olympics, he, he, his, the day before he competed, his sister passed away. The day, he found out the day of, hours before the final race. Right. Though, right? Yeah, he found out right before. He wasn't going to skate, and then he ended up deciding he would. He had all these expectations to be... For his sister. He decided he'd skate for his sister because she'd want him to. Exactly. And he ended up falling down. And then this kind of like put him in a bit of a rut. And so when Jim Lower first started working with him, he started saying, I, I see in your performances that you, you, you try really hard in the 500, but you don't love the 1000. So what we're going to do is at the top of every day of your journal, you're going to write, I love the 1000. You're going to write that until it becomes a reality. And then he did have that spark. He had yeah. a spark where he was like, oh, shit, I finally actually do love the 1,000. Yeah. And what that really made me think about is kind of the power of lying to yourself as well. And that there, in certain situations, there, there are, like, times where, where you may not have to be, like, where honesty may not be the right, the right call. Mm. Essentially, like... If it's done in the right way, you should lie to yourself until it becomes a reality. Uh, I, so I would, I would, I would, um, I would interject there because I think you're on the right track, but I think we could phrase it better. Potential. I guess it's not potential. It's not lying, but nah. Because he 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 ended up getting the uh, getting the new world record in the one thousand meter race, uh, some yeah. years down the line, right? So that potential to love and be great at the 1000 was always there. But because of his experiences and beliefs about who he was, because he believed he was a fast twitch muscle fiber guy, great at the 500, but just didn't have the endurance. So because of his beliefs in his reality, and according to his reality, technically, yeah, he was lying to himself. But that was like the perceived limited reality. But in the in actual reality, he had the potential to be great at it. So he's exactly. just expanding beyond his limiting beliefs. Okay, so maybe it shouldn't be lying to yourself, but it should be focusing on potential. Focus on your potential until it becomes a reality. And yeah. it takes a lot of resilience and a lot of grit mm-hmm. to continue with it. And because sometimes you might fail. Sometimes it may not be your potential, uh, what you think is your potential, and sometimes you may not reach it. Um, which is why we're going to do a podcast episode on failure later on. Yeah. I I thought that was extremely powerful. And then the other thing is though this didn't come from gin lower, it was one of my thoughts. These next two thoughts were what were sparked from the podcast. The important, the importance of specific wording, for example, changing want to will. I think has extreme power. Yeah. And then setting layered goals. 
So with the highest level being ambitious and covering all aspects of life, what do you want your legacy to be? Then with each of those goals that are lower down in the layers, each success and failure will influence the other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. So it will influence the other successes and failures that you set mm -hmm. to achieve. And I know that, that that was pretty. That was great, dude. Broad. Uh, those were the key takeaways I got from that resource. I, um, I mean, I think that was really interesting, uh, especially considering, well, I, there was something that stuck out to me that you said that sometimes like if you go for that potential, it, you may fail and it may be, it may have been too far outside of reality. And it made me think two things. The first is that I believe our full potential is way higher than where most of us are at. And if we're aiming high, I think it's un unlikely to be unrealistic if we're actually being honest with ourselves. Like if, as long as you're not being a fool, you know what I mean? And you know, I think you know when you're being a fool usually. Uh, but at the same time, if you fail now, that doesn't mean you'll fail again later. Like. Uh, Dan Jansen, he tried again before succeeding and winning and breaking the world record. That was his last Olympic race. The, the day before he'd failed and fell in the 500 or something like that. He didn't do well, right? So the failure is going to be a part of that journey. Uh, I guess I'm getting into failure right now a little bit too much. I just, the last thing I wanted to say was that I think I said it before, I'll say it again. You got to start small and build up over time. And that kind of talks about what you said. You want, you need to understand what your sort of broad, large scale, big, hairy, audacious goal is, but then you need to break that down into smaller goals and ensure that there's some alignment as well so that you're actually moving in the right direction. Cause then you build the confidence over time, the confidence to do what you're actually capable of. Okay. So to finish this off, I don't know how long we've been going here, but about an hour, about an hour. It seems like we're we're wrapping up because we keep on circling back. True. My final say of, of limiting beliefs is that moving forward, I'm going to try to focus on the positives, have hope, and get back when I'm knocked down. Get back up when I'm knocked down. Mm -hmm. Keep on trying, and eventually you'll get the skill set to break those barriers. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know if other people want to follow that, but that's what I've gotten out of this conversation. Oh, yeah. And do you want to finish off with what your takeaway from this conversation has been? A takeaway? A takeaway would be don't believe that your negative thoughts about yourself. Give yourself the opportunity to say, I can and give yourself the opportunity to at least believe that you can for one try. And I'd say start small with that. Uh, last thing I would say for myself, taking away from this conversation and moving forward, want to be bold and uh, like try and do things that scare me and excite me at the same time. Uh, one thing I want to add on as well is just like, we talked about the internal side of that as well. Um, the external side is also just as important. Tell yeah. other people when you see someone struggling with that 
their offense of going from that hope to pain side, give them that reinforcement because it only takes one person to really ignite the fuel, the fire within some. Um, And I think that's one way that we can all have the greatest impact on each other's lives is by empowering each other to, um, to to reach your own potential. Dude, the one thing I'd add on to that that you just sparked in me was give people the opportunity to tell you what it is that they want to go for and then give them the belief, like help have faith in them that they can and show that you do, you know? Exactly. Sometimes some, they just need one person to believe in them and they just need to say it out loud. Because that's one more step of practicing that thought. Hell Yeah. Well, that was a pretty uh, fascinating discussion. I'm not going to lie. That was not the direction I thought we were going Really? Where did you, where did you, what were your expectations? Yeah, dude, should we, or should we talk about this off, off the we recording? Can, we can do it quickly here. I think I, so too. That's what I thought too. Yeah. I just really thought that like, we were just going to be like, go for it. Like, come on. Like, mm. you, like we analyzed it deeper than I thought we would have. And we did two, like, we tried at least to provide other perspectives. Yeah, of course. It's so important because an individual perspective is not the full picture. You know, you need to have a well-rounded uh, understanding of it to, to have a full picture. And we've said this before, we're not experts in this field. this out as we chat. Um, but we would love to hear your thoughts and, and your feedback. Um, I've had a conversation already with a friend of mine who listened to the podcast and I, it was a thrill to chat with him to hear his thoughts on all the different things that we chatted about. Um, and in the end, it, it could also be what kickstarts you thinking about these things. Yeah. And maybe there's something that we didn't consider or that we're ignorant to. Um, so, you know, feedback, regardless of it's positive or negative, we're not going to take it personally. Um, and we, we almost want to try and build a bit of a community with this podcast. And so, yeah. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Christian, it looks like you got one last thing to add. I was going to ask you, Marcus, would you, do you want to read out the purpose one more time? Just not, not that sure. we'll do this every time, but just to reiterate it, because it's the first time we've, we've, we've done it. So the purpose of this podcast is to bring a deeper meaning to the lives of ourselves and others. We'll do this by expressing our ideas, leading to discovery of their strengths and weaknesses through discussion. This feedback will highlight uh, direction in our self-improvement journeys and hopefully in yours as well. With that being said, hope you have a great rest of your day and uh, found this discussion to be fascinating, thought-provoking, and inspirational. Oh, yeah.